0: Rammies, it's time to talk about our favorite cookware, Caraway. Caraway Cookware has the convenience of nonstick, which is a game changer for your cooking experience. I used to have such a hard time cooking because my food would stick to the pan and burn, and then I'm left with a tedious cleanup project that just ruins the whole experience. But when I cook with Caraway, the nonstick helps cook to cook everything properly, and the leftovers just slide right off when I'm cleaning. Extra bonus you can cook without the concerns of toxic forever chemicals. Caraway's nonstick chemical free ceramic coating makes for easy cooking and cleanup. so you get the best of both worlds. It also doesn't hurt that they're so aesthetically beautiful. With cookware, bakeware, food storage, and tea kettles to choose from, there's something for everyone. And we want to share the love with our Rammies. Visit carawayhome.com ram10 to get 10% off during their summer refresh event. Certain exclusions apply. That's carawayhome.com ram10 or use code ram10, R-A-M-10 at checkout. Caraway. Non-toxic cookware made modern.
1: We're back. Did you miss us? I miss you guys. Guys, did everyone have a good fall
0: break? Tess, your fall break looked lovely. I had a lovely fall break. <laughs> Everyone else is like, we were working, we were miserable. But yeah. glad to know that you
1: actually, you know, you were doing field research. Yeah, guys, it wasn't vacation, it was um, work related, purely professional. Write it off. I write <laughs> write it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that works. Sure does. Um, yeah, as some of you may have seen in our stories, um, I was in Chapaquiddick with the ghost of Ted Kennedy. Wow. And Mary Jo. And Mary Jo. RIP that sweet angel. As hard as it is to say. Mm. Went to the Dyke Bridge. Yeah. Felt some crazy energy there. Did you? I did. Wow. Took some romantic selfies (laughs) in front of the (laughs) Dyke Bridge.
0: We love to see it. We love to revisit history and that's all we do. That's all we do here. That's why we travel mm-hmm. near and far. Near and to far. Be committed to our craft. Our craft. And for you guys. Exactly. Everything we do is for you. It's for you. Like this episode, actually. That's true. Who reckon oh, wait, do you want to say who we're doing?
1: So today we are going to be talking about none other than the queen, the icon, and the legend. Whitney Whitney
0: Houston. When I tell you that I have been singing her songs in my head all day, it's going to be so hard not to
1: sing into the mic. It it sure is. Because guys, today we are really fancy. Oh, yeah the fanciest we've ever been. We have like a gorgeous setup (laughs) and this mic. I hope it sounds as good as it feels.
0: It feels fresh as
1: hell. (laughs) So fresh. Like this makes me want to become a singer. I know. Me
0: too. I mean, I think I'm going after this podcast, just going to go record some stuff.
1: Yeah. Same change of careers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I forget what options or why I think you guys all voted on Whitney. Who came up with Whitney? Did you come up with Whitney? Yeah. I think I was just like, I want to do a a, a pop star, a diva, Mm -hmm. a legendary woman. Yeah, um, And I think it was between her, History of Weed. Oh, why didn't
0: you guys vote for that? No one voted for History of Weed, by the way, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, we're getting to it whether you guys like it or not.
1: That was the, out of all four, there was only like two votes on that one. You squares. I know. <laughs> guys, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Go get high. Oh, man. Boring.
0: Boring. But Whitney was the winner. Whitney was the winner and I can see why. Mm. I can't.
1: Because before before the research, um, obviously I I know her hits. Everyone yeah. loves them. Everyone likes to sing them. Always a crowd pleaser. And I knew her fate, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't I didn't know the darkness honestly. Because this episode, at first, I was like, "Oh, we're doing a fun episode today." And there are elements that are amazing, and like she's her life is to be celebrated. There's yes. so many just magical parts of her and what she did for people. However. A lot of it is just super heavy, and with that sort of fame comes that sort of trauma that she went through, you know, her entire
0: life. I also feel like she's one of the ones that was the first to do what she did, you know, where it's like the Elvis, the Beatles, like they're the kind of the first of their kind. And that's how she was. So it's like, there wasn't a roadmap for that.
1: No. And I still don't know a lot of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, that there wasn't a roadmap Mm -hmm. because I think she took on a lot. Um, she had a lot of people that were relying on her. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, people were just obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her. How can you not be? She is just, God, what a, the voice people called her. The voice. She is the voice. I have watched
0: her Star Spangled Banner performance for the 1991 Super Bowl. It's like my most watched YouTube video. It's, I had never seen it before. It's one of those videos too that everyone has a video that they're like, hey guys, do you want to watch this? You have to watch this. And everyone's like, please don't.
1: Yeah. They're like, is it going to be that great? (laughs) And then and it is. It, it's wild. It, it, she's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. so beautiful. So beautiful.
0: And we're wearing big sunglasses right now in tutus. We sure are. Check out our Instagram. <laughs> check out our TikTok. It's in honor of her in the 80s. And
1: yes, who doesn't love a tutu? Who, who doesn't love a tutu? Also shocked that I found three tutu, tutus in my wardrobe. I was actually
0: going to ask where these are from. <laughs>
1: A question Claire um I think from college probably okay. from your theme parties probably from an 80s party shout out to Hannah you know what I'm talking about Ooh. and we'll move on because <laughs> sometimes eighty par- 80s parties just they don't hit the way that you expect Yeah, no, they don't go the way they planned no nothing does mm-hmm. nothing does but um anything else you'd like to say to honor the queen I mean
0: uh, maybe we'll talk about it but just her performance as fairy godmother and Cinderella is um unmatched to anything like no nothing can compare
1: that movie if you guys haven't seen it it's with Brandy as Cinderella yes was it 1997 it's
0: probably I feel like a lot of shit went down in 97 including Cinderella and Titanic and
1: wow what What a a year for cinema Wow. We didn't even know.
0: We <laughs> took it for granted. We didn't know what we had. <laughs> until it's gone. Wow. Wow. But I mean, phenomenal. Whoopi Goldberg oh, as the mom. Truly amazing. And also what a diverse
1: cast for the 90s. <laughs> so diverse. So diverse of uh, Victor Garber. Oh my God. So diverse
0: the fact that it doesn't make sense, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's it <laughs> absolutely amazing because they just were like, who the fuck cares? Just cast however we want. And I love that. I love that too. Love to see
1: it. Oh, but God. that's my my notes on that. Well, yeah, I mean, most, um, I will say that um, I got all of my information from two sources. Mm-hmm. One being a Vanity Fair article oh. by Mark Seal called The Devils and the Diva. Wow. Mm, really good article. Um, and then the documentary, the 2018 documentary um, by Kevin McDonald, who directed it, just called Whitney.
0: I Tess told me she was watching that and I watched a trailer and just started tearing up. Ooh.
1: So buckle up for this one. It was emotional. It was very well done. Oh. I mean, they, they interview, they interview everyone. They interview her ex husband, Bobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Bobby, which,
1: which was interesting. Um, so I might be referring at some points just to like the physical reactions I saw from people, mm-hmm. which I really thought was a great way to interpret her life by yeah. the people closest to her and like just how they how they talk about how, her the emotions that that were just very very present throughout the film. Mm. So yes, prayer, prayer hands, prayer hands always. Mm-hmm. Let's let's begin, shall we? Oh my God, I'm so excited! And we're drinking um, rose rose. She's our rose. She is our rose. It's French rose. She liked Paris. She liked going there. Did she? She did. Well, and this is to Whitney. It's to Whitney. I believe she went on her honeymoon in either Paris or Italy. Right? Answers mostly. Not sure, <laughs> yeah. but one of those. <laughs> Don't quote us on it. Please never do. Please never do. Yeah, take Just a little, claiming. Take All a right. To go set. set. hmm ah, Oh. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's in the back of the the back of the throat. throat. Uh huh. <laughs> Fills up your mouth. Mm-hmm. All right. So <laughs> I'm like, should I keep my sunglasses on right now or off? I know, like I can't. It just see. feels so dark. I might take them off just for a second. Yes, I need. I need to take the sunglasses off for um, a second. just so I can see my notes. Oh, I felt like well, I, I was in a cave for Ooh, a second. Oh, same,
0: same. Okay, it's a little
1: unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> but we do it for you guys. We too. All right. So. Our Queen Whitney, mm-hmm. she was born in Newark, New Jersey, August 9th, 1963. A Leo. A Leo. Mm-hmm. And, and, there, and it, there it is. If you guys don't believe in astrology, think y- again. Yeah, think again. Y- y- that's your truth, but you're wrong. You're Exactly, and we're right. <laughs> yeah. um, she grew up attending and singing in the New Hope Baptist Church, which was located in Newark, Newark. Um, She and her family were all very spiritual, very religious. Um, She absolutely loved to sing. She loved going to church. Her mother, Sissy, led the choir. Mm. Um, And her mother, Sissy, was already famous. She was a backup singer for Elvis, Diane Warwick, Aretha Franklin, who is technically Whitney's honorary aunt. And she had her own solo career and won two Grammys. Sissy? I had no idea that she was from a legendary musical family. I had no idea either. Wait, what? Yeah, Sissy, um, she won in 1997, ni- 1999. She won um, traditional gospel album of the year. And she's just hanging in New Jersey? And she's hanging in New Jersey, but she was on the road quite a bit. Oh, wow, I bet. And when she tried to pursue her own solo career, which wasn't as successful, um, but but she was just constantly singing Wow. and constantly working thus putting a little bit of pressure on uh, Whitney.
0: Little bit of a little bit of a stage mom. Like her leftover dreams go to her
1: daughter. Yes, and mm. people were just in awe of Sissy's voice, and some even were like, no one could ever top this voice. But obviously, she did not receive the same sort of fame as Whitney did, but she was very much the disciplinarian to Whitney. Mm. She was super hard on her as she was training her, but Whitney obviously learned a lot from her. She was in the studios with her when she was growing up and then she started singing with her mom as backup for her. So it was like this chain of...
0: I can't imagine just having such beautiful voices in one family. If my child or my mom could sing like that at all time, I'd be like, don't talk to me, sing to sing me. Sing
1: it. I mean, just imagine listening to all these women in the shower. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, it'd be gorgeous. Just like cooking dinner and you're like, God damn. Everyone's like, ah, I'll be God I'll be God. I'm not even going to try to sing at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Don't worry. Give guys. me 30 minutes. <laughs> um, and her father, John, he was a part Native American gospel groupie oh. who drove a cab when he met Sissy, um, then had a failed manager career in music, then worked for Newark's government office. He was all over the place, but his main passion and mission was to manage music. He tried to do it for Sissy. Mm. He then did it for Whitney, which I'll get into later. He was very much the man of the house. And you could say that the power struggles of that were very detrimental to the oh, whole family. Little, little foreshadow. I'm just like already like
0: uneasy about
1: yeah. That it's situation. like I mean it, the the story of their family. There were a lot of shocks, but also a lot of like, yep, this is what fucking mm. happens, especially with male egos and stage moms, and just the combination of all of that was tricky for her.
0: It's like when people. It's just like people putting their dreams in their children. Exactly. And doing everything that they can to make sure their children live it out.
1: Egg- exactly. Um, and she had two brothers, Michael and Gary. Um, in the documentary, Michael said that growing up, Whitney was just this sweet, little, sassy, full of life kid. She was always plain. She wasn't afraid to get dirty. She was just all like outside until she had to come in, just running around. Singing constantly. Oh, my God. I mean, with a voice like that, how could you not? Just riding your bike to school and just belting it. (laughs) Can you
0: imagine, like, walking, and then all of a sudden this little girl walks by, and it's Whitney Houston's voice, and you're like, what the fuck?
1: You're like, if only I could have half (laughs) that talent. (laughs) Come here, kid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But she genuinely loved church, and she loved singing to God. Mm. That was her mission, and she... She couldn't get enough.
0: I mean, I bet there's no greater place in a church for acoustics
1: sometimes. Oh, so. God, it's so true. Just like right here, like the Chats <laughs> <to> Pirate Studios. Chats <laughs> Pirate. If only Whitney could have performed here, wow. she would have loved it. She would have loved it. So her mom said that everybody loved her, but everybody was very jealous of her growing up. She had a lot of issues with other girls in school because she was very beautiful. She mm-hmm. was very full of life. And also, they were very comfortable in middle class. And this sort of represented this struggle that Whitney had as a child that also she had into her life of the duality between um, wanting to be a part of like two different communities. Mm-hmm. And it was tough for her. So she was bullied um, a lot like preteens era were really tough for her. Oh, it's already tough
0: enough. And then to be talented and yes, it wasn't, it wasn't easy.
1: Um, and she kept, you know, she kept her chin up, you could say. Mm. She, um, she knew that she wanted to be famous. When she was 13, she spent every Saturday for months at a local theater watching Sparkle. Oh my God, Sparkle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, is that Mariah Carey Sparkle? No, that's Glitter. Because oh. <laughs> I was like, the
0: timeline just does not add up. Wait, what's Sparkle again? So
1: Sparkle is um, about these three black women uh-huh. in the 70s who are trying to be singers and then they end up falling prey to drugs
0: and she would spend her saturdays watching
1: that yes um she later said as a quote as a young black girl in the 70s there was the black exploitation movie thing this was a positive reinforcement for young african-american women for anyone who wanted to pursue their dream and present their gifts it just appealed to me mm-hmm. wow i've chills i know i know so this was her favorite movie um during this time is when she became more involved with her mother's career is when she was actually going to the studio and singing backup for her um but also during this time times were changing in 1977 when she was 14 her parents got divorced mm. because her mother was having an affair with somebody in the church oh shit mm-hmm. that stings um so a lot of resentment was starting to build up between Whitney And her mother, at this time, she was very much like a quote, like a daddy's girl, Mm. took the dad's side, kind of felt like the mom had destroyed their family. Um, But she just kept focusing on music. Um, And her dad wanted to put her into modeling. So before she was allowed to pursue music full time, um, and she was in an all girls Catholic high school, like they were pretty strict. She was already signed with Wilhelmina. I it, mean, with a face like that. I mean, truly, they were like, at least put, put her on the cover of the magazine. <laughs> I mean, Everything. So she was in Seventeen. She was in ad campaigns. I had no idea she was, like, modeling. Oh, yeah. It showed some footage of her, and I was like, stunning. and like stunning. It looked like she did it effortlessly. What she did. She was tall, she was thin, mm. gorgeous, but yep. she did not like it. Oh. Her management team at the time said that she liked to sleep, party, hang out with her friend Robin, which we'll get to, Okay. and her cats. I mean... Who
0: amongst us doesn't <laughs> love to sleep, party, and hang with cats? What else do you need? Not much. What else do you need?
1: So she's a cat lady. She was a cat lady. Okay. Cool. Which kind of shocked me, but I could see it at the same time. Yeah, no, I, it, it suits her to me. It, I could see From what that. I know. Um, so when she was singing backup for her mom, uh, Gary Griffith, director of AR, discovered her singing Home, um, which Home is from, oh God, what is that musical?
0: What is that musical? We're going to sing till we figure out the musical. I don't
1: remember and I thought I had it in my notes. <laughs> um, not sure what musical is from. She was singing Edward Sharp, Magnetic yes, like, do. <laughs> um, she was singing Home in a 7th Avenue South nightclub. Um, Gary then led her to Clive Davis. Oh, shit. Who had discovered Janis Joplin and Bruce Springsteen. And he was like, holy shit, I found a woman, and an artist unlike anything we have seen before. Clive had been trying to create this pop diva, um, an artist that transcended all genres. He tried with Aretha, um, but she was too defined as like queen of soul. Mm. Um, He tried, yeah, he just, he hadn't found anybody like her yet. And then finally along came Whitney. She was beautiful. She was talented. She was a little rough rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. And he was like, but that could be fixed. We want this quote- black princess that is. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of that too had to do with her, good girl religious background Mm. like I think they really liked this innocence they liked how sweet she was and kind of like all-american girl like but I'm a little bit goofy like her company was called Nippy Inc because her enterprise because that was her nickname Nippy Nippy cute which kind of like it just makes sense Mm -hmm. for what I can see that she was like of just a little like just a little like a little spicy a little spicy and a little silly but like a sweet girl Mm -hmm. um Yeah, Nippy was after a nickname uh, modeled after a comic book character, always getting into trouble. Oh, wow! We love that again. We do love that. Um, Oh, Home is from The Wiz. Oh, The Wiz. The Wiz. The Wiz. The Wiz.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Diana Ross, Michael Jackson. How could we forget?
1: Um, highly recommend for everyone to watch her do that on the Merv Merv Griffin show. Okay, um, it is just stunning, and she's just effortless. It's like it doesn't even take anything
0: for her to. Be like that. That is the thing is you hear her voice and then you see her sing and
1: it's like she's just talking. Yeah, it's it's absolutely insane. So please everybody watch that. Um but you could say from this, a star was born. Oh. And there it is. And there it is. When she was 21, Whitney Houston, her first album, was released in 1985. It sold 25 million copies. Holy shit. Rolling Stones magazine praised Houston, calling her one of the most exciting new voices. In decades. But that was her first album. And it sold 25 million copies. Truly an immediate success. No kidding. Like, and for that time too. Yeah. And that's, you know, like, it's so weird to think about people going out and by, don't you miss that feeling of going out and buying a CD? A c- and a tape? Uh, truly. I miss it so much. I miss it too. There's something like, Oh, like I really miss like that and Blockbuster are two things where I'm like, have we lost that magic? Let's, we have, but let's bring it back. Let's, let's bring
0: it back. We're going to open a Blockbuster tonight.
1: Yeah, guys, right. Answers mostly is now going to have CDs. (laughs) You can go buy them at Borders. We're (laughs) going to make a lot of (laughs) money off of it. And so during this time, she also began performing on late night television talk shows, which usually were not accessible to unestablished black women and artists.
0: I'm just like such a big eye roll. It's like, guys, please.
1: Yeah, and people were fucking loving it. Yeah, which just shows, yes, people want to see talented people perform. Yes. It does not matter. Yeah, exactly. Talented people. That's it. Exactly. Um. So Houston then embarked on her world tour. Um. The album became an international success. Um. It was certified. 13 platinum diamond oh i think that's a big deal i think it is too <laughs> i'm like it looks fancy a diamond love a diamond it, i think it's
0: diamonds like bigger than platinum diamond
1: platinum
0: i think like platinum is a big oh. thing and then diamond is like beyond i think so all the music people listening because there's so many of you right now yeah
1: guys like, um you guys know that, that that's huge your eyes. yeah it's a big um, deal. it's a big deal um, soon after in 1987, just two, two years later, Whitney was released. It was equally successful. Um, Houston became the first woman in the music history to debut at number one on Billboard 200 album chart. The first artist to enter the album chart at number one in both US and UK. I mean, the, the statistics are just crazy. Well, the first woman? The first woman, um, I didn't know that she just, I mean, she broke records and just immediately. Immediately, yeah. This is two years and two two albums that were just equally as successful. Um, the album's first single, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Oh, yep. I want
0: to dance with somebody. You know it was coming, guys. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you guys want us to keep going? Yeah, it's just like, please sing along. It's so great. It was just this massive hit worldwide. Weddings were never the same.
1: No, and just, I mean, everywhere in Australia, Germany, UK, number one, topping the single charts for months and months. People could not get enough of it. I still can't get enough of it. Oh, God. Um, And, you know, her success just kept skyrocketing in, in 1988 at the 30th Grammy Award. She was nominated for three awards, including Album of the Year. She won her second Grammy for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance with I Want to Dance with Somebody. If I was in that category
0: with her, I'd be like, I'm just not going to go to that. Yeah, I'd be
1: like, guys, just TiVo it, <laughs> <Yeah>. honestly. <laughs> I'm going to be sleeping. Like, you know that she's going to win, please. <laughs> Truly. Um, And then she went on her second world tour, um, which was one of the 10 highest grossing concerts tours of 1987. Mm-hmm. One of the 10. Well, I'm like,
0: huh. What are the other?
1: I bet like Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean,
0: 80s, 80s, 80s in music. Yeah. 80s you know people are big fans i 80s is no i'm not just gonna what I, it. it's one of my it. least favorites is it well let's not exclude whitney i mean i love whitney but some of it
1: is i understand i what do I love in the 80s? Um, well, I, I, I'm i a big Madonna fan. Oh, yeah, Madonna Madonna's amazing. Who else is in the 80s? ABBA was
0: 70s. I, I love, like, the 70s. Mm, totally. But 80s, yeah. I mean, George Michael, great. Yeah, I
1: mean, some of it's super cheesy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's what just kills me sometimes. It, it can be a bit much. Time and place. Hey, isn't there for everything? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Forbes announced that she was one of the 10 highest earning american entertainers at this time worth 44 million in just a few years after she debuted her number her number one album
0: and like unfortunately this is
1: a, a thing but like for a black woman too that's oh, incredible it's incredible yeah and well-deserved. She surpassed the Beatles with seven number one hits.
0: Fuck yeah, you did, Whitney. That's right, girl. You just
1: take those little boys down.
0: <laughs> it's like, i oh, taking them down. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Beatles too. We sure do. Take yeah, yeah, down. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, so during these early years, Houston did not really do a lot of interviews. Um, shortly after her Grammy wins and just this worldwide success, um, people were like, huh, let's start to talk about her personal life. Because of course, no successful, talented woman, artist, pop star can just have that. It has to be, well, let's, let's get to the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of everything. Um, so she was friends with this woman. Um, uh, I think they met when she was 21. Her name was Robin Crawford. Um, they became very close and people soon began speculating that they were in a romantic relationship. Oh, um, And Out Magazine um, they ended up saying, they were the first ones to release this article about Whitney being a closeted lesbian, which is just so like- Fucked up. So fucked up. So, what, like why? What, for Out Magazine to be doing that yeah, too- What? Which is a LGBTQ- They should know better than anyone. It's, it's really gross. And I was really shocked to hear that actually. They should be ashamed of themselves. They should be. Whoever did that should be ashamed of themselves. In the article, it says, um, quote, this diva is a dyke. What? Mm -hmm. Excuse me? Yep. So very quickly, people are speculating about her relationship with Robin. In the documentary that I watched, when the producers are asking every single person in her family, her brothers, her cousins, her aunts, about Robin, all of them are, their faces look disgusted. They are like, oh, she's a snake. We're not talking about her. So Robin... Her brother literally said she's an opportunist. She's evil and wicked. They all knew that Robin was a lesbian and they thought that she was going to tarnish this back to the quote, black American princess, all American girl. They were very threatened by her and Mm. they didn't like that. Robin was as Whitney was going up the ladder in fame and success and, um, financially as well. They didn't like that. Robin was her safety net and they felt like Robin was going to take Whitney away from them. Mm, so,
0: if the, their safety net really of like their money, but it's Whitney's money. And there it is. And there it is. And there it is. And there
1: it is. Wait, um, was Robin in music? Robin was not in music, but she went on tour with Whitney. She was her kind of like right hand woman to anything if she needed it. She was more like a comfort to have, but she was technically on payroll. Okay. So she was that like can get tricky, kind of but. best friend, personal assistant, man like not technically her manager because her father was at this time. Oh, that's always tough. Um but do you think that they
0: had a sexual relationship or romantic relationship?
1: I think Whitney may have been confused with her feelings for her mm-hmm. because of her quick escalation to fame and people taking advantage of her. I think she found comfort in her that she probably was confused. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is something else that I will get to later that I think she had a part of her that really was in love with her. Mm.
0: You know, I think that can, I think that can totally be true. Both things can be true.
1: There is happiness. There it is. To quote Taylor Swift. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Whitney in heaven is like, please don't bring Taylor yeah. into this. <laughs> like,
0: we've had enough This now. is about me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she would. She would.
1: Um, so it got dark very quickly. Um, Whitney's father was had um, an anonymous letter sent to him that he was offered $6,000 for him or for someone in the family to break Robin's legs. Wait. A stranger said that? They're not sure who it was from, but they were getting death threats. And also, the family was very homophobic. Well, that tends to be... And this yeah. is late 80s. This mm-hmm. is uh, this is not the time that we live in now. Like, no one was saying, like, good for you, Whitney. Hope yep. you you know, hope you're happy. Yeah. Um, there was none of that. Um, oh, shit. And Whitney's... Father, he had gone from making you know about like five hundred dollars a week in her early career to now five hundred thousand dollars a year to manage her. So he is quickly now has all this money. This guy was driving a cab just a few uh-huh. years ago. This is what he always wanted, and it got pretty nasty. It quickly became about the mo- all about the money. Yeah, nothing well, else? Also,
0: it's like is he equipped to be managing the biggest superstar in the world when he kept failing managing before?
1: No, no, no absolutely not. Um, and so this started. Whitney wanted, obviously she was very rich very quickly and she wanted all of her family to reap the benefits of that as well. So everyone in her family became on her payroll and she had a very big family. She had stepbrothers, cousins, tons of aunts, uncles. She wanted everyone to be paid very well. I mean, the idea sounds lovely, but it's- tricky
0: it's a little tricky her we brother gary money. yeah yeah put on those sunglasses put Dang. on we're talking sunglasses. business and money so i'm getting to
1: business that's true as we talk business the sunglasses go on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um her brother gary who's actually in the nba and then he and ended- oh, shit but how is it family <laughs> i know i was just like you guys are all hot and yeah. sporty and artistic yeah wow what a dream god truly um he ended up not being able to renew his contract because of a failed drug test so he became a, a backup singer for her. Oh, that's the next, right, Steph? Can you imagine if, like, one of us was just like, all right, you lost your job, come, like... And he was a She's fine a singer, singer, but, like, he said that that was sort of the point where he was no longer Gary, he was Whitney's brother, and things on tour started to shift. Oh no. Um, Gary was the first person to introduce drugs. To Whitney. Oh, Gary. What kind of drugs? Well, at first it was a lot of pot.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, it sounds funny to say pot. I know. What? But in the 80s, that's how they refer
1: to it. So like people all of my love, research is
0: pot. So people love, you know, their words for what it is. What is. I'd say weed. We say weed. I say weed a lot. But then also like, is it high? Is it stoned? Is it? Mm, I was so. I love saying stoned. St- it's, fun- it's like funny to say stoned. Yeah, I agree. Well, so we're no strangers to that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but also once again, 80s. Oh, eighties weed. Weed it's like oh, you're smoking the smoking the is smoking the gans, smoking the MJ. Yeah, it's a little bit more like controversial. Yes. It wasn't as accessible. It wasn't talked about. It probably wasn't as good as it is. Oh god, either. probably not. That's not the truth. That ain't that the damn truth? Um. So, what he said started sort of innocently. They always were trying to protect her, but also they were all young and they're on tour for the first time together as his family. Um. And pretty soon that weed went into. A bag of Coke. It went into sprinkling a little bit of Coke into some joints. And it became um, more of an issue. I take off the glasses now because we're done talking about money. And it gets a little darker dark from here on out. Um, Second tape goes in. Titanic. I love when you bring it back to Titanic. Never feel more in love with you. Thank you so much. That's how history goes. Ain't that the truth? And you know, there's highs and lows. Yeah. Um, so times are getting a little bit, you know, a little bit more tough um, during this time. Critics are starting to be harder on Whitney. Um, critics and the public for saying that she is starting to lose her soulful sound and she's going more into pop, sort of betraying the black community.
0: People just cannot let these celebrities live their truth.
1: No. And there's an interview with her. um, I forget what year it's in. And they're asking her about this. And she just looks so perplexed and sort of exhausted. And she just shrugs. And she's like, what do people want? I'm singing. I'm doing what I love. It's the voice that I think people love too. I am. She just like. She just kept repeating, I'm singing. It's what's coming out of my mouth. Why does it matter what it sounds like? Like, I'm trying to make everyone happy, but I'm also trying to do what I love to do, which is to sing. Yes. Period. why do we have to
0: put her in a box? Well, we always put women in boxes, don't we?
1: That's what I just keep thinking. And especially a black woman. Yes. like, if this is how you started, you stay here. You have to make these people happy. You have to, it's very unfair. It is. She's Um, an artist. Let her live. Let her live um, at the 1998 Soul Train Music Awards um, when she was nominated. Um, what was her nomination? I think for vo- something, maybe vocals on a certain single. Um, Women's out with Whitney. Just assume it's with vocals. Something stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, she was booed and the crowd called her an Oreo.
0: Oh, that is so rude, guys.
1: This night was quite um, iconic for Whitney um, because this was also the night that she casually accidentally bumped into a 20-year-old entertainer who was also an R&B star. He was a child of the projects. He had been stabbed and shot by 11. He started his own band, New Edition, at 14. He was used to being showered by girls' panties on stage. Oh. A father at 17. This was Bobby Brown. Okay. Yeah. We all know where this is going. Yeah. um, You know, he was this already bad boy. He was notorious for, you know, he was beating up people in public. He oh. was doing drugs. People knew, but he was hot and girls were really into him. He was a star. He, unfortunately, as a man, you
0: don't necessarily have to have a good personality for people to like. And you know. ain't that the truth. Yeah. Um, did see
1: him perform... A, a video of him performing oh, that I was night like, live? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um yes. I saw him just a few weeks ago actually. Um oh my god, what song was he singing? That I was like, he sings that? We have to look it up.
0: It was it was catchy. Okay. Um, Bobby Brown songs. Oh, Bo- I like just know his name from Whitney.
1: Do Bobby Brown Soul Train Music Awards? Soul Train. Um, because honestly, if I didn't really know all these things for a second, I could see her sitting in that crowd, being like, "Who's that tall drink of water?" Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he attractive at the time. Yeah. Um, that my not- prerogative. Yes, yes.
0: everybody's ta- I'm sorry, Taking guys. All this thing's about me. Why don't they just let me live? Everybody. everybody? <laughs> And then Britney later sampled it. Yeah, that is not a Britney Spears original, no, guys. No, it's not. I forgot that he, yes, of course. Yes. And he's just dancing. And like, I was just
1: like, I was just sitting in my couch being like, okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, I understand. There's also, it's like when people are doing what they love and just performing on stage, it's, it's unparalleled. Yes. She was sitting in the audience
1: and she just took off her sunglasses <laughs> and she was like, holy, oh, yeah.
0: Right. I'll be goddamned.
1: What a man. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Um, so, you know, she was attracted to him from the start. They had very uh, different personalities. She was still this sort of angel and this good girl that people mm. were like, She's brings people together with her fun, poppy music, and she's beautiful, and she wears... F- like. And then on the other hand, there's this sexy, dark man, and they became... The couple mm. literally got married very soon after meeting. How soon? I, Tammy Faye Baker oh soon. God, I want I wanna say it was just a few months. Ish. And went on their honeymoon and got pregnant on their honeymoon. Okay. Waste no time. Wasted no time. Um they gave birth to their daughter, Bobby Christina Brown, mm. um, short literally shortly after meeting. And um Whitney's aunt pretty much raised Raised their daughter because they had from the start this insanely codependent obsessive unhealthy emotionally and physically they both got very into drugs together Mm. um this this dark relationship um they he i think as we've seen with celebrity couples with the struggle of when then one starts out as famous and the other is like on the rise to fame especially with a man and a woman. And then it switches. It can be very hard for the male ego. Oh my God.
0: Like who, just... who have we
1: seen this? I mean, who haven't we seen this? I mean, breadwinner. Hello. I hate that, to speak ill. But... You're not speaking ill because it is true. It's true. It is. It's really tough. When I hate <laughs> to speak ill. <laughs> it's just so
0: tough because you don't see this with women. You don't see the women being like, he's getting bigger than me.
1: No, because we're taught that that's actually like something to aspire to. You should be with a man that like. Makes more money than you.
0: Yeah. B- people love. Boring. And then these fragile men are like, I cannot handle it. Fragile as hell. Fragile as hell. Like, please. Uh, truly. Um, I, That's boring. Like, come up with something
1: else. You exact- know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, mm, Quickly forgot to mention, sorry that this is a little out of order, no, the 1991 please. Super Bowl we do have to talk about. We well, have. Yeah. Like, this is what I live for. Uh, truly. That's why I showed up today. Because, because... With that criticism, she had a lot of pressure to perform at the Super Bowl and to make the national anthem something that she's like, okay, people are not really liking me. My black fans are disappointed in me. I feel like I can't reach my white fans. This is a lot at stake. And so they went back and forth with how to perform the song with sort of like what take take to do for it. And she essentially ended up like winging it. They had planned to do something a lot more like to break up the beats. I forget how it's explained. They ended up sort of, she was like, let me just sing from my heart.
0: Mm. And
1: this was also during the Gulf War, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, where people, you know, really needed the, the the patriotism and they needed the community. And she sang the national anthem and people were like, she's back. <sighs> that is the most beautiful thing we have ever heard. There's footage of people after and they're just like, shook, like, like, they can't even speak. That's like, all people thought about during that game. I'm
0: giving, like, I have tears coming to my eyes because it is just such an incredible performance. And I saw on the documentary um, trailer for the documentary, Whitney, that someone was like, at that moment, she made everyone proud to be an American. And it is just so, like, when you watch yeah. that, it's so true. Like, you just feel the sense of, like, pride and connect you know connection to people and no
1: it's so true because like I will say I do think the national anthem is a beautiful song like it does give me chills yes um I wouldn't say I'm like particularly patriotic yeah and I felt that same way that if I were there you're even watching it on YouTube now that you're just like fuck yeah I'm proud to be an American
0: (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, red, white, and blue. But like, actually, and like, she's just—it's such a '90s dream too. She's like in a windbreaker and like the headbands. But she sings it so effortlessly, and she's so beautiful. And it's just. It's really something, you must go Google it right now. It's beyond, you'll get tears in your eyes. You will, I mean. No matter what you think about this country. (laughs) No matter what, at that moment, it's all okay, and we're all with Whitney in that moment. Exactly. And it breaks my heart that she couldn't just, and I'm glad that she, it sounds like she kind of did just go out there and sing, but that she had to, like, put all this thought into it that, like, no white man would ever have to worry about. No,
1: like, someone would probably just go and, like, wear a... That's a whole other story. <laughs> people that were just men, male artists that just wear jean jackets. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> are like, whatever, I'm here.
0: <laughs> you know the only uh, national anthem equally or more iconic than that? The Fergie one.
1: <laughs> oh, it is tough. <laughs> For different reasons. It is very tough. If you haven't seen that, it is shocking. <laughs> it's like a disgrace. <laughs> it's, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But this really put her quote back on the map. Like, you know, she had mo- she had a moment of people were just questioning the future of her career and what she sort of embodied, which isn't fair. But no. people then once again just became re obsessed with her. I mean, and how could you not? This launched her um, movie star career because then people were like, what a face! What an angel! <laughs> what a voice! What a talent! She's a star, you see? A pop, 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 pop. But that's not how you hold a... A cigar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uh, with papa. Chip, Just like that? Yeah. Uh, papa. Um- <laughs> you <must say> papa. <laughs> papa. Um, so Hollywood, Hollywood rang, and they were like... And she answered. She sure did. Her dad answered. He was like, uh, what? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I've been Answer on the first ring. <laughs> it's like, please. Down boy. They were casting a movie called The Bodyguard with no other than Kevin Costner.
0: Kevin motherfucking customer.
1: He's so hot. What a sexy man. Sexy.
0: Oh, y'all watching Yellowstone? I am. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Get on it. Oh,
1: wait. Oh, I forgot he's in that. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, hot. Hot. Um... And I'm sure many people have seen The Bodyguard. I actually have not seen it. I haven't either. We're going to watch soon. Documentary gave everything away. I do know. Okay, well, we'll still watch. No, oh my God, I want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah we must. Um, I can't believe I haven't seen it. I know, same. Um This movie, she plays a star mm-hmm. that needs a bodyguard. And it's kind of like a an roman- old, like, node of Hollywood romance, classic, romantic, rom-com sort of mm-hmm. thing. And it was really iconic and revolutionary for the time because... It had a white actor and a black actress, and they have a love story and they have a Hollywood kiss that we've seen a thousand times. And so when she's running off the plane, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the movie, but I know that. And it wasn't about race. There's no comments on it. It's just a love Mm -hmm. story. And so it was just this huge success, and people were really moved by it. And she, you know, it was just critically acclaimed for just how. It was just like a beautiful love story. So was that story, was that part written
0: for her or were they just like, oh, that's a good question, shopping it around? And stuff? I want to say that it may have even be it
1: may have been written for her. I
0: mean, no other person
1: would could be even, better for it and do it. And no. um, in an interview with Kevin Costner, he just was like he just looks back so fondly on on the time together during that movie and just said that she just was this like magnetic, energetic, beautiful, sweet woman. And he was like, I didn't even think like, you know, a lot of people, you know, there were some whispers before of like, it's a black leading actress. And he was like, I never even thought once about that. He's like, you look at her. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. No one's thinking about race. Nobody is thinking about race.
0: Wow. Um, Thank and you. So, yeah. and I mean, we that. were texting about this movie like a few days ago and I was like, even now there's not... Like, that many movies where you have, like, a white leading man and a black leading m- woman or vice versa. Honestly, when you said that
1: to me, I was trying to think of what yeah. came up just from, uh, off the top of my head. And I could think of the remake of um, Someone's Coming to Dinner or something. What's that oh, movie with uh, Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher? Yeah. And that's, like, that and one other one, which now I'm forgetting. Those I could think of two, yeah. which is... It's a whole other story. Yeah, exactly. exactly. The history of problematic Hollywood. Oh my gosh. That would be like a 10 parter. We don't have enough time. Yeah, we don't. Not enough time in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, So her fame changed after this movie. Bobby knew that it would, and he was scared about this. And she coddled him to make sure that he wasn't so threatened by this success. Even her production company, which was originally just going to be her name, she ended up changing it to Brown House for him.
0: Okay, that's not your name at all. Mm -hmm. That's all his name.
1: Yep. And then he was like, you know what? I actually want to manage you. So he was just trying to creep on in with her success. He tried to manage her, but that didn't work because he wanted to be on stage. Everyone knew it. Everyone was like, it's very obvious how this is not the role for you. And it's destroying your relationship with each other. But she would just do anything for him. Um... During these times, it just got really dark. He was accused of hitting her. Um, There were tons and tons of reports of sexual harassment that he had harassed multiple people that were on tour with her. Oh, my God. Um, He exposed himself to some of the backup dancers, but she was still begging him to come be with her on tour, to be as close to her as possible. Um, And... During this time, their daughter was just completely left out of uh-huh. everything. Um, her Aunt Bay, in the documentary, said, you know, I don't want to speak ill of her in this way and this part of her life, but she was a terrible, terrible mother. I just feel like she wasn't given the
0: resources to be a good mother at this time. No. And she didn't have a partner that was going to help her out.
1: No, her family was concerned with her fame Uh and how much money they were getting. Bobby was concerned with probably how much drugs Uh they were doing. And, you know, yeah, there were no resources. There's no one that was really supporting her except for Robin. Oh, Robin. I forgot about Robin. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Robin comes back in during the time that she's starting to realize something is going downhill with you. Whitney, I think too, wanted, she kind of was, um, uh, there was a temptation and like a seductive element to Bobby that she then, like, she told the Rolling Stone in this article. She was like, People think I'm just this little Miss Prissy poo poo. Poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Is that what that says? The Rolling Stone's guy's like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, did you say poo poo? Poop. <laughs> I'm not sure what that says <laughs> to me. Um, Miss Prissy Poo Poo, you I'm know. A, I'm a Miss I'm Prissy Poo Poo. That's going to be my new Instagram bio.
0: Miss <laughs> Prissy Poo Poo.
1: She goes, but I'm not. I can get down really freaking dirty and I oh. can get down with you. I can get oh. raunchy. I've learned to be more free with Bobby. So I feel like she was
0: intoxicated by this new image. It's like this man being like, you can come to the dark side and I will be there with you. Exactly.
1: Mm. And so Robin was like, Let me get back in here. Like, I can be managing you. And she was like, no, no, no. I want to be with Bobby. And she was like, you know what? Your career is going downhill. I can already sense it. I'm going to give you an ultimatum. It's me, who's your best friend, who supported you through your entire life or your drug addict husband. Who are you going to choose and she made her assistant at the time call Robin and say, you can send in your letter of resignation.
0: No, I knew that's where it was going to go. Like, it's never good when you make an ultimatum, especially if it was someone who's in love. They're blinded by the love. Blinded by the love. The love, I say in quotes.
1: Toxic love. Yes. Completely abusive.
0: Oh my God. Also, everyone stop trying to manage her. Like,
1: let's call a management company. Uh, truly, because also during this time, she really started struggling with her voice. And that was the first time people were ever like, what the fuck? Usually it's effortless, a voice of an angel, because she was doing a lot of drugs and started smoking a lot of cigarettes. Oh, shit. So she was skipping rehearsals. There was this agitation. She changed into somebody different. And she was canceling appearances and becoming very, very sickly thin. And was the drugs mainly cocaine? Cocaine rolled into a joint. Cocaine and weed was her drug of choice. That
0: is so interesting to me because weed is not a hard drug. I mean, cocaine obviously is, Mm -hmm. but more, I don't know, public than a lot of the other hard drugs. But man, can it take you down?
1: It can take you down. I think, I mean, she was a smoker, so I think she had an oral fixation. So it was probably nice to be smoking a joint. And I think it, you know, she had anxiety. So it was like a joint can calm you down, but I also have to stay alert throughout Uh the entire day. So that was what she became very dependent on with excuse me mm-hmm. with bobby um and so people were like dude she needs an intervention at this point like she has so much more to offer she's missing things she's is- time but the family didn't want to do an intervention why because they were like she's fine we don't want to burn any bridges we don't want to step on any toes we like our nice things that's what it is
0: it's like i am sitting pretty in my big house right now and anything to threaten that whether my family member is in danger Mm -hmm. or not i'm not going to mess with
1: well imagine like if someone were to say this is what she needs it would probably be something like you should be going to rehab for three months and then the money is gone Yep, exactly and then you're not it's
0: Brittany. Exactly, we've seen this story so many times so many times, and it's so sad, yeah, it's actually very similar with like the dad who's mm-hmm. possessive and
1: manipulative
0: when your family member is your manager, they're no longer your family member. they are seeing you as a money maker
1: exactly, and this caused a, a stir, um especially with her dad, John. he had total control. he had control over everything that she was doing, but then people were like. Okay, yeah, he is Whitney Houston's manager. Why does he have his own private yacht? Why does he have multiple y- Ferraris? Is he doing something a little bit shady? Uh, one might say so. He was stealing money from people left Shit. and right? from her or from everyone? From everyone. He was doing like, uh, what's it called? What's the word? Laundering. Laundering. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> what's that little thing? Oh, money laundering? Yeah. Fuck! Um, and there was speculation about this, but once it was confirmed, Whitney cut off all contact with him, lost her relationship with him during what year is this? This was 1999, I okay. believe. Um, and then he sued her. He tried to sue her for a hundred million dollars because that was the um the deal that she got at one at one point, a hundred million for from her record label. So he tried to sue her back for that cuz he said, "Well, I made you, so I need this money." That is a monster. That's your child. Monster of a man and shortly after he he was dying, he was very sick. She never went to go see him. Ugh. Um you know, she she didn't go to her to to his funeral. She did I guess, say her personal goodbyes in some way that have not, has not been completely confirmed, but this sort of triggered, it's me against the world. And this is when she really started closing herself off because her father is, you know, suing her, then he dies. And this is kind of when she starts falling apart. I mean, the people that you're supposed
0: to trust the most are your parents. And when that trust is gone, because they're the people who are supposed to look out for you the most in this world and then if that's gone then like how are you supposed to trust anyone
1: else exactly and yeah there's no one and Robin's gone too like now there's no now she is so alone she's so sick in her addiction oh my god um and the next few years you know 2000, 2000 2004 it was very dark she wasn't recording music when they would try to be recording with her you know they they would go to different um have kind of weekend retreats and try to be creating and she would just lock herself in a room sometimes for 10 days sometimes for two weeks um the studio said they probably lost about five million dollars on her for just like a couple weeks she was really um not doing well but also a lot of people at the top of like the left the the label did not know she was struggling with addiction
0: did they actually quote and quote no i saw on um the the trailer who was it um L.A. Reid, mm-hmm. where he was like they're like, did you know? And he's like, I did not know. I feel like you know when someone's not right.
1: I think you do too. Like even if you're a pop star that's like, I mean yeah because you are a pop star. Yeah. Like get, you know, it's it doesn't take yeah. rocket scientist. It's not. It, it's like you're being blissfully ignorant. Exactly. And I think nobody wanted, I think there was just this pain in even acknowledging that of like this is such an amazing woman and she's not okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, so her publicists at this time were like, fuck, we got to do something. People are wondering what's happening. Um, she did a show. Um, I forget what show it was, live show right around 9 11, actually, mm. um, where she looked probably 70 pounds and her ribs are sticking out, her arms are the size of a twig, her face is gone, she doesn't sound good, and so her team was like, we gotta do an interview with Diane Sawyer. What?
0: No, guys, that's not the right move And you
1: you need to tell people you're okay, that you're stressed, that you're exhausted, but you need to say that you are not doing drugs. Oh my God. And so, you know, as a lot of people probably know about this interview, that Diane, and God, when you look back on interviews Even like the Britney interview with Diane Sawyer. Yeah. Wow, that woman is ruthless.
0: Ruthless. Where it's like, please, this is another human.
1: Yeah. Of just like, so what is it? People say you look like you're dying. What drugs are you doing? Come on. And then she's she's denying it first, and then she ends up saying, "Yes, I have experimented with drugs. I'm not perfect. I do them here or there, but I'm fine." Um. She goes at times. Sometimes it's alcohol. Sometimes it's pills, weed, cocaine. And then Diane sort of asks, well, what's the biggest devil? And she says, that would be me. Whoa. But then she goes on this tangent. And I think she's probably high in this interview. And she's like, but let me just make it make it clear. I don't do crack. Crack is cheap. Crack is whack. Mm, that's the famous
0: line. Crack is whack. It's from this interview. Mm-hmm.
1: And she goes, I make way too much money to do crack. My, my kind of people, we, we, we don't do crack. Oh, And she's shit. very defensive about it. And she does not seem well. I mean,
0: if you're going on about crack in an interview, you're probably not well.
1: Exactly. So this was supposed to help her, and instead it harmed her. Then she just became this... Why would they put her on national TV and have her, like, talk with the devil? No, and you can, like, literally tell when someone is lying about this, and when they're so deep in their dick, like, please
0: stop. Oh my God, can you imagine if was like, the devil, it's me. It-. Whoa, 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 whoa,
1: whoa.
0: <laughs> I'd be like, Whoa.
1: All right. Like, are you okay? Probably, no. It's like, blink twice. Like, literally, literally oh what an intense statement. So she became just this joke. Like, oh. you know, there's Family Guy episodes, SNL. There was a montage in the documentary of just everyone making fun of her, of, you know, the skinny cartoon of, like, I'll do anything for my crack. Oh, And it's my just God. so, it's gross because this is this icon that everyone has known and loved. And now because she's struggling and obviously not okay, now she's just. A ev- joke. Just a joke. So she finally
0: went to rehab. Well, good. I just, like, also have to say again, it's, like, we take and we take from people, and then when they're struggling, we still take from them and use
1: it against them. It's so true, and especially with, like, celebrities mm-hmm. and public figures, what, there is something we like mm-hmm. about the sickness yeah. and about people's, people's, um trauma and mental illness it's a real life soap opera it is and it's like you know even in doing Whitney for this episode you have to think like oh well people like to hear about her because she was this icon but also because of how dark she was yeah also because of her ending and like there is just this like glamour in her tragedy mm-hmm. and in Britney Spears is you know yeah. like we're like addicted to it sort yeah. of And that's just, I think that's how we will always be. We Mm -hmm. like, like to, that's why we like celebrities in general. Uh, I mean, us especially, like we're the first to say. Yeah. You like the gossip and the controversy. um, And it's sad, Mm -hmm. but she finally went to rehab in 2005. um, And this time she went for a couple months. And around this time, people were like, people that were close to her, her personal assistant, who was very, very close to her. Now I'm forgetting her name. Um, I will personal assistant Whitney her personal assistant um, who was like you have some demons mm-hmm. what happened to make you have these demons like there has to be something in there that you are avoiding that you're running away from and Whitney did um, you know end up confessing to her and a lot of people close to her around this time that she had childhood trauma from being molested from her aunt. Who's taking care of her daughter right now? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Not that's aunt. That was her. No, a different, a different aunt. Oh. Which I'm sorry. I probably should have like warned going into that. No, that's okay. It came on very strongly. No, Um, but I wouldn't have, you just never expect an
0: aunt. aunt. I thought
1: you were going to say her dad. I know. And her brothers also experience the same. Uh, oh my molestation God! Because the parents were gone a lot growing up, and so this aunt would take care of them, and she was molesting all of them. Oh my God! Did her parents know before that? Or well, her dad's already passed. They, her mom, never knew. Whitney did not want to tell her because she did not want to burden her mother with that sort of horrific revelation.
0: Was it her mom's sister? Or was it her dad's sister? It was
1: her mom's sister. Oh my God! And she was keeping that trauma, and that was a huge part of her depression and her anxiety. Of course. And of course, if you keep anything like that in, especially something you suffer, obviously, in childhood, and you have no one to talk to about Mm -hmm. it, and you feel guilty, and she also ended up saying that I think that had a lot um, to do with her confusion with women and her own sexuality and her relationship to Robin, that that really you know triggered this
0: that's the thing with that out guilt. magazine it's like you have no idea what people's experiences are yes. and what they're going through and to put something out like that is disgusting literally
1: fuck you to just fuck have you. this like little gossip speculation yeah. is Whitney a lesbian like that's I mean it's it's Shut irresponsible your it is it absolutely is So, you know, this, this was now this revelation with a lot of her close friends and people kind of had a better understanding of her pain and like why Mm. she was so deep in her addiction. And like, you know, finally she was able, able to say, to say that, um, which, which did help, help her in some ways, but not enough. Um, she got out of rehab, but during this time, um, she filed for divorce. After fourteen years, she filed from Bobby. That's good. Her daughter was very deeply depressed at this time. Um, Her daughter is about mm fourteen at this time. She had already started experimenting with cocaine. Oh shit! Um, She was self-harming, and um, Whitney just really did not know what to do. They had never really been close, you know. But her daughter. What do you expect coming from two addicts who are completely avoiding you? And she was on tour with them when she was little, but not really being taken care of. Like, she also didn't have the resources. Mm -hmm. Um, So her management was like, you know what? You're out of rehab. You're also very, you have no money left at this point.
0: Um, it's crazy to me when this happens to people who oh are like god. at the top and have so much money, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. A
1: hundred million dollar deal at one point, oh my god. surpassing the Beatles and record, you know. And now they literally like, you need to go on tour or else we don't think you're going to be able to pay your mortgage. Oh my god! And it was, which is like, tour is
0: not the place you should be going right now. Well, so half
1: of her team was like, please, God, no, yeah, like, don't do this to her. She's going to fall back into old habits. And the other half of her team was like, she needs the money. And we need to give her something to do, like something, a purpose, a reason to wake up in the morning. So Clive begged her not to go, but she was like, nope, like, I'm I'm fine. I'm going to go do this. The tour was a disaster. People walked out. People asked for their money back. There was a clip in the documentary of her singing at one of them. And she sounds awful. Awful. Which it's like hard for me to even imagine.
0: I how do you how does that voice sound? Her bad? voice
1: is cracking, she can't hit the notes, she can't project, she's it's raspy, Ugh. there's nothing like in there. It's horrible. So it was just it was an absolute disaster, but then she gets a um an offer to be in the remake of Sparkle. Full story, full circle. Shit. And this was actually a really great time for her because the deal was she had to be drug tested Mm. once a week Mm. for, you know, the two or three months that she was. And she was, like, one of, like, the leads in the movie. And people said that this was the happiest they had seen her in years. She was clean. She felt a sense of purpose. This was her favorite movie growing up. This was her childhood dream. Like an actual sense of purpose,
0: not, like, trying to make money to support other people's lifestyles. Exactly. She was doing it because—and
1: she always wanted to be an actress. Mm. Like, she loved to sing, but— her favorite time in her life was during the bodyguard. And that oh, was wow. really like where she felt like, yeah, this is like what I meant to do. Um, and she also got a sing and sparkle. So it was just like a really Best nice ending <laughs> to her life. Because um, shortly after, um, in 2012, um, she was at the Beverly Hills Hotel with her um, personal assistant. It's, was it Beverly? Sorry, go Beverly on. Hills Wait, the Beverly Hilton? The Beverly Hilton. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the correction. Sorry, I... No, please. No, no, it's an important part of the story. Um, And she had been using again. She was drinking. There were a lot of different drugs in her system. There was cocaine. There was prescription pills. um, And she asked her personal assistant to go get her an assortment of cupcakes which is what she wanted. It's always what I want, too. Which I
0: don't blame her for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, was not expecting you to say that, but I'm yeah, with you. Yeah, that
1: um, that's why her assistant left, um, and she shortly came back. After about 30 minutes, there were no lights on in the hotel room. When oh she God. walked in, she realized that the whole room was, like, essentially filled with water oh because um, the bathtub was overflowing, and she walked into the, to the bathroom, and Whitney was lying face down in the bathtub. Oh my god.
0: That poor woman, man. <sighs> it was a woman. Woman to have to, and was this the same assistant mm-hmm. that was really close to her? Yeah,
1: who was like her best friend for her final years. Oh um Oh my god. And you know, there's there's tons of speculation of the way that she died if it like a lot of people think she was
0: Intentional?
1: Was fucked up, and she actually, in, in the autopsy report, there's, like, markings and bruises on her face that some people think she slipped because the water was um pouring out of the tub, and that then she hit her head and fell into the, into like the tub. Like, she was so
0: fucked up. She didn't know what was going on, and then yeah. it was an accident rather than...
1: Yes. um, she, I didn't know she was face down. I know. And yeah, she was 48 years old. <sighs> and it's like... I actually don't have a lot of notes on this part because, uh, you know, people know like it's kind of like this iconic thing of the hotel and Whitney's death. And like Kanye um, spent a huge chunk of money to get the photos of the of the hotel room and of the bathtub to use for album cover art. I'm sorry. What did you just say? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really quickly going to look this up because. Wait.
0: Wait. I've never heard that before. What fucking album and how fucking dare you? So he
1: paid $85,000 to use photo of Whitney Houston's drug-filled bathroom for the cover of... Oh, for the cover of Pusha T's new album, Daytona. Which I'm Is sure... Is this recently? This was... Pusha T? Pusha T album. Yep. This was in... Um, oh, this was in 2018. Um. What? Yeah. And... Oh God, I'm looking at the photo. What? Yep. I'm so
0: angry in a way that I can't even tell you. How dare you?
1: It's disgusting. And like to circle back to just like how obsessed we are with trauma and disaster and like you know, everyone knows how Whitney died and it, it is it's it's a well known fact and it's it's what it is. And I and that's kind of all I wanna say about it because it's tra- it's just tragic. And it's
0: not, it shouldn't have never, it should have never happened. It should
1: have never happened, but you know, the, the a lot of things led up to why this happened and people weren't helping her. People weren't giving her the so- sort of support she needed. People are vultures, mm-hmm. especially management mm-hmm. and fans even mm-hmm. and the press and Diane Sawyer, you know, just yep. all of these people that, you know, just wanted to, wanted to attack her. And it's she wasn't even 50 years old and she, you know, she had a daughter and a few years later her daughter actually also passed from complications from pneumonia six months after having some cocaine in her system from also being in a bathtub.
0: That is so haunting and so wild and tragic. It's
1: just absolutely awful. And in the documentary they ask Bobby, you know, so we need to talk about Whitney's death Mm -hmm. and her drug addiction. He goes, no, Whitney didn't. Uh, she didn't die because of drugs. We're not talking about that during this. We're not talking about that during this interview.
0: Are you kidding and he's me? He's super
1: defensive, and he's like, "Nope, it's not drugs." Like, yes, it is, and you actually had a huge influence.
0: Absolutely, and it's time to take responsibility and ownership over it, and it's time to end that behavior. She
1: absolutely did. Absolutely, she died because she was an addict. Well,
0: he's an addict and cannot face the mm-hmm. truth, and was. It seems like he was never ready to. Exactly. Um yeah come to terms with reality exactly and with his daughter too
1: i know and it is i mean and i feel for him you know he lost his ex-wife yeah. and a daughter who was you know young and i i feel for all for all of them i you know it is a heart-wrenching heartbreaking story of mm-hmm. this amazing woman's life and it's sad that it has to that that episode, you know, kind of has to end on this note, but also I think just circling back to her accomplishments is just like what everyone should focus on and like go to Spotify right now and listen to a Whitney Houston song and you're just going to be completely mesmerized. You
0: really are. And like the way that she makes you feel all the way her voice is, and it's just, it's incredible. And she, she's such comfort to me and I've realized that it actually is because she was fairy godmother and Cinderella it's just like this unreal thing and impossible oh my gosh my mom and I used to say I love you and we'd go I love you more and then we'd sing impossible from that movie
1: <laughs> oh oh
0: oh I'm gonna cry I know so tender so like she's oh. always so special to me for that and it's just like it's just such a good reminder to let people live and, like, not put them in boxes and let artists be artists and live their truth. Exactly. And relax, and you don't know these people.
1: No, we don't know anyone. We don't know their story. You yeah. know, you don't know what anyone went through, things that they, you know, their own demons. Yeah. Just to be kind to everyone and, um, you know, to give people the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. To give people the benefit of the doubt, for sure. And just to, you know... Just, Check in on people. Yeah, and like the tragedy
0: of her, just such greatness that she had within her, and that it, it was not a fault of her own, but people took and took, and felt exactly. like that light was out.
1: Exactly, and I hope that too, with like you know, everything with um, Brittany, Brittany. I just realized. Sorry, my record level just went down. How when? I don't know. It's literally down to zero. Wait, when? The whole
0: time? I don't I've been hearing you. Oh, you have? Yeah, okay. I've been hearing you. All
1: right, sorry, Chris. Cut <laughs> that. I I want to check in a second. Yeah.
0: Well, we can. No, but it's up on here. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, but yeah, that is the story of our queen. She is a queen, icon, and legend. Icon and legend gorgeous angel i want to hear y'all dm us comment on our instagram at right answers mostly your whitney houston moments we all have them whether it's dancing at a wedding yes send
1: us everything yes and 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 anything and anything we want to know we do and we're so glad to be back. Yes. Yes. We're going to be back now. We're we're done with break. We're going to have some exciting announcements coming yes, up. Yes. Some that... exciting events even. hmm So please be looking at the Instagram constantly. Constantly. And also, like, please interact with us. Yes. Like, guys, we we love nothing more. We like, love nothing more. Horror. Like, li-
0: like send us a thousand texts a day. Yes, please. It's send us texts, DM us, comments. Yep. All of it. Leave reviews on iTunes. We yep, just love it. We really do. And we love you.
1: We love you guys. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you so much. Should we take a deep breath real quick after that episode? Yes. Okay, ready? Everyone breathe in and breathe out. History.
1: History, right?
0: RIP, Whitney. We love you. We
1: love you. We'll see you guys soon.
0: See you next week.
1: Bye. Bye.